0: We'd like to welcome you to our emergency Freedom Alerts for May 22nd, 2023. And ton of topics to cover today. Try to catch us up on the current events. Uh, first one was, it's entitled, Who was the mysterious Grim Reaper-like figure spotted during the coronation ceremony of King Charles III? And is there a mystical pagan connection? So if you haven't seen it, I provide you a link for the short video where... During part of the coronation, it's inside their grandiose, ornate devil church that they're coronating King Charles. And during one part of it, there's like a procession of guys that, I don't know, they look military or something. And they're going through the church. And then all of a sudden, out in the hall, you see this really weird, creepy more of a witch like like how you would think a uh a witch would dress um like maybe a male witch and all of a sudden he just scurries kind of walks past the main entrance where all this is going on and he's got this long staff so i'll just i I give you the link you can you can look at that you can look at the video if you like this starts out by saying the coronation of King Charles III on London in London last Saturday drew worldwide attention, with millions staying glued in front of the TV screen. Oh, I I was one of them, man. I was so there. Glued is really it's not strong enough a word. You know, I mean, in my case at least, it, it just wasn't a teasing a little humor. Anyway, millions stayed glued in front of the TV screen during the hour-long hours-long ceremonies. Ugh. Yeah, a, um, when the Grim Reaper suddenly appeared you knew that the coronation of King Charles III was not going to happen without multiple evidences of his new age and pagan leanings and when all, all this was said and done that's exactly what happened the most shocking thing that has people talking was the sudden appearance of some. it's a Grim Reaper-like figure uh, more really puts you in mind of, of like a, a witch in a you know and like this cloak with the with the hood on with a staff okay that's more it, it's now if you had a sieve like the grim reaper has the sieve that where you you uh for like how he's traditionally portrayed you only see a side view of him and um it's only for uh, a couple seconds maybe here's a screenshot of it if you want to look at the pdf or for this date it's right at the start here there's a screenshot of it and it's some dark robed type figure with a hood the hood looks to be pointed kind of and he's got um like a long staff so that's kind of more what it looks like so let's see here the most shocking thing w- that has people talking was the sudden superior of- appearance of this grim reaper-like figure walking hurriedly across the entrance to Westminster Abbey as the coronation ceremony was underway. Who was it? Why? Was he or she there? What does it mean? And he has a Bible verse here, Revelation seventeen fourteen. These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them, for he is the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. So, yeah, praise the Lord. They're on the losing team. Let me just say this at the outset of the reign of King Charles Third that we are expecting big things from him. Big things in relation to the rapidly escalating end times we find ourselves in right now. And uh, he's got a whole report on when he had expecting big things. This is from Now the End Begins or something. So all the links are here if you want to avail yourself, if you want to research this a little bit further king charles is now able to trace his ancestry well he's not now he's always been able to trace his ancestry directly back to vlad the impaler otherwise known as the original dracula it's i'm now making this up you really can he's funny that way um and is a fan and a follower of many things pagan in new age not only that, he is 100% in favor of giving trillions of dollars to the military movement of climate change. Um, <clears throat> I, We're going to play a clip here that I, I think it, it brings that military movement phrase into more clear focus. All led by an unnamed individual the Bible refers to as the Antichrist. Yes, sir, the reign of King Charles III, short-lived though it may be, is filled... Um, it's probably filled with to the brim with prophetic potential. Now I don't know if we know it's short lived. Um he's saying it is, but a lot of people are saying King Charles is the Antichrist, that book, um, a cup of tea book written by that guy. I watched a lot of the video the other day, well, it was a current interview from him on an Antichrist in the cup of in a cup of tea. Uh I'm still not convinced. And I didn't watch the whole thing. I can't say I vetted the whole thing properly. I'm just giving you my opinion. I've done a ton of teachings on the Antichrist. Can Antichrist in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. Do you know how many people were saying Obama was the Antichrist when he got in? Or even Trump? Or uh, they're still saying that. Uh, I'm sure some are still saying Obama is. I mean, I have heard it over and over and over. And what I always go back to when it comes to the Antichrist question is, what does the Bible say? What are the biblical parameters and qualifications for the Antichrist? Because that's all I really care about. It, there, there are many Antichrists, small a, but there is only one, the Antichrist, capital A. And um, Second <clears throat> Thessalonians chapter two, verse chapter two, verse three talks about that before. And this is whether you believe in pre-trib, mid-trib, pre-rath, or or uh, post-trib raptures. Before the rapture of the church can happen, Second Thessalonians chapter two, this is very clear. There must be a falling away, an apostasy of the church. Well, we're seeing that, and the antichrist must be revealed. So, whether you believe whatever you believe about when the rapture occurs. The Antichrist has to be revealed before that happens. And, and all through the churches I've been in, whether it's Pentecost or Baptist or whatever, they're always teaching it can happen any second. But yeah, okay, I can understand you could make a case for the falling away of the church, but the Antichrist hadn't been revealed yet. So theoretically and technically, the, the rapture could not happen yet. That's That's never talked about. And I know I, I say I don't like when you use the word never. I've never heard it talked about ever in any of the churches that I've ever been in, ever. Or any religious broadcast, like on the radio, even. They're, oh, it could happen. I've been hearing that since I got saved. And it was they were talking about the rapture could happen any second, way, decades probably before I was saved. So, I mean, but that's a tangent. I'm just saying. I've done tons of teachings on... The Antichrist. And you might want to avail yourself to them. Just key an Antichrist again at contennyfortruth.com on the keyword search page. And I go through like why Obama cannot biblically. And what I what I come back to is I'm having a hard time seeing. Especially, I mean, his bloodlines are clear. Okay. The Sanhedrin is going to have to vet the Antichrist and accept him as their messiah in order for them in order for him to have access to the rebuilt temple that he is going to defile at the midpoint of the tribulation called the abomination of desolation at the three and a half year mark after the tribulation has started very clear matthew 24 talks i mean it's all kind of places to talk about this i've done studies on this just key an abomination of desolation um so I, I, can't do, I can't go and, and read, uh, like, I've, I've already done studies on all these subjects, so just key in those in the keyword search box. So they're going to have to vet him, and they're going to have to accept him. The Jews are. Now I understand it's not going to be just the Jews accepting him, but as far as the stuff that's talked about, that Jesus talks about in Matthew 24 and elsewhere, there's going to have to be a significant israeli jewish connection for them to accept him as their coming awaited messiah they're praying for him to come there i've i've given you the reports where they're doing mass mass prayers the messiah is near the messiah is coming they're they're so excited and this is literally going to be the antichrist this is how deluded the average israeli jewish person is And I'm not saying that because I'm being mean. I'm just saying it is. And the Bible predicted it would be that way. The blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. Talks about that, I believe, in Romans. So um, they're going to get their eyes opened near the end of the tribulation, according to Zechariah, I believe, 13, collectively, while at least... um, Zechariah 13, 8, and it shall come to pass that in all the land, saith the Lord, two parts therein shall be cut off. And this is talking about the Jews, if you read the context of these uh, chapters in Zechariah. Then in all the land, saith the Lord, two parts therein shall be cut off and die. But a third shall be left therein. And I will bring the third part through the fire. The third of the Israelites will go through the fire. And I will refine them as silver is refined. And I will try them as gold is tried. And they shall call on my name. Finally, they will finally call on the name of Jesus. After 2,000 years of collective rejection overall, not to say there's not obviously exceptions. I mean, the apostles were exceptions. (laughs) The Jews that they helped to convert were exceptions. Okay, so it's not like zero Israelites are getting saved. But collectively, they rejected Jesus. I will try them as gold is tried. They shall call on my name. I will hear them. I will say, it is my people. And they shall say, the Lord is my God. But that's not coming until near the end of the tribulation. When they collectively finally get their eyes opened. Jesus tried. I mean, you know, he tried real hard to get to get them to accept him. And they rejected him. Um, they also say in, I don't know, chapter before or two, that they're going to look upon Jesus And look upon him that mourns for their only begotten son. They're going to mourn because they're going to realize what their ancestors did. Okay, so that's what's coming. And the Antichrist is going to have to prove his lineage. Now, I understand he could lie about that and things of this nature. I get it. But the Sanhedrin are pretty good at what they do. I'm saying all that to say this. There's going to have to be a lot of vetting of the Antichrist. And I'm not seeing how Prince Charles III, the buffoon that he is, the addled buffoon, frail as he is, and and I saw a lot of things of this last week that listeners were forwarding me about him. That's why I'm saying that. I'm having a hard time seeing how they're going to accept that guy as their coming awaited savior. I may be wrong. I may be wrong i'm thinking out loud i'm not trying to get into some big dogmatic fight over this i've always i mean i've said you know matreya is a candidate i've never really talked about charles much but that's my big thing with charles is lineage vetting um i think he is a antichrist maybe he really is the antichrist but i would think he would have to have much more of a israelite jewish connection for the whole state of israel who's been praying for their messiah to come all of a sudden to all of a sudden point everybody all their people to charles who i've never heard the jews talk about or mention at all and i know the whole mount sinai thing with the ten commandments that they did last year and that was on it was in mount sinai and oh okay okay i still haven't heard The rabbis saying, well, we think Charles is the one. Maybe some are, but I haven't seen it. I haven't seen any kind of real collective push toward that. We'll see. We'll see. That's all I'm saying is we'll see. Um, The Lord is the only one with all the answers. Now, Charles, in this video that I have played before, appears to refer to the Antichrist as someone different than himself. This is another... Thing Maybe you could say, well, maybe he's so full of himself, he was speaking in third person. Yeah, okay, but it didn't really come off that way. I'll let you listen to this, and you you can decide for yourself.
1: Guys, I've said it many times. The Bible tells us...
0: Okay, sorry, starting over.
1: Guys, I've said it many times. The Bible tells us what is going to be happening in the last days, and we are most definitely in the last days now when you read daniel chapter 9 verse 27 it tells us this it says and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week now that would be the beginning of the 70th week of daniel which is known by many as the tribulation not to be conflated with the great tribulation which is the last half of that 70th week the last three and a half years of that seven year period yes truth What's interesting is there are people, for whatever reason, that debate over who that phrase, he, refers to. Now, of course, we know what that phrase, he, refers to. That pronoun, I hate using the term pronoun nowadays, that pronoun refers to the Antichrist. Now, I think it's interesting because you are about to watch a video of Prince Charles talking about climate change and all kinds of other stuff. And one of the things that he does is he makes reference to a particular individual in a very subtle way. And I want you to pay very special attention to what he says. Because, folks, what he says is scary. So pay attention to this. Uh, this is unbelievable. But uh, let's take a listen to what Prince Charles says here.
2: renewable and sustainable. So... My plea today is for countries to come together to create the environment that enables every sector of industry to take the action required. We know this will take trillions, not billions of dollars. We also know that countries, many of whom are burdened by growing levels of debt, simply cannot afford to go green.
0: Now this is him speaking UN climate change conference UK 2021. It's sponsored by the United Nations. I mean the whole 9 yards, okay. So this is basically from the mouth of Satan to you. I'm not saying Charles is Satan. He is a satanic figure. Maybe he is the antichrist, I don't know. It's we'll see. We we'll, we will know. But um this is the venue.
2: <clears throat> Here we need a vast military style campaign to marshal the strength of the global private sector with trillions at his disposal far beyond global GDP and with a great trillions at his disposal military
1: style action is what he's talking about right. but let me just go remember back. remember
0: what they said the military climate change yeah yeah he's talking very much in those terms meaning like jackboot enforcement of the carbon credits and all the other garbage they wanna waylay us with.
1: For just a second. It's almost like something possessed him to say this. And I can tell you this, it was not a Freudian slip. Now I know they've tried to correct it since he's made this speech, but he didn't make a mistake here, folks. This is what he said, and he knew what he was saying. Let me say it again, let me rewind it so you can hear this. It's very subtle,
2: take a listen. Many of whom are burdened by growing levels of debt simply cannot afford to go green. Here we need a vast military-style campaign to marshal the strength of the global private sector. Military-style campaign to marshal the
1: strength of the global sector. Now that's scary. That sounds like a one-world government. Yeah. That sounds like a new world order.
0: Yeah, sounds like the government combined with the military, I mean, I understand that they typically are, but we're
1: talking about overtly imposing their will on the masses. But look what he goes on to say. Pay attention to the subtlety here.
2: With trillions at his disposal. Trillions at his disposal.
0: Now, that didn't sound like he was referring to himself to me. I mean, that sounded like he was referring to someone else other than him.
1: Who was he talking about? Yep. Trillions at whose disposal? Hmm. Folks. I think it may be the cookie monster or Big Bird. The Bible tells us that there will be a final Antichrist one day who will come People will uplift him. The Jews will refer to him as literally their Messiah. They're already preparing anointing oil for that specific purpose. Yep. <clears throat> and what is unique about this is the conglomerate of issues that are coming together to point us to the fact that we are talking about the rise of the Antichrist. And folks, make no mistake about it. I don't know. Who that person is that he's referring to, nobody knows. But I know specifically the character that that person will be.
0: Yes, I'm looking at one of the links that I clicked on um, in regard to this article from nowtheendbegins.com. And this one is, when was the last time you, you can recall there being so many powerful and prominent princes on the world stage at the same time? And so this whole thing goes through that, and um, they're talking about these different various and sundry princes in the world. So I may actually do a study on that. That looks like it's really cool. Um, but I, I just it's not in the works for today because I wasn't planning on doing that. But that looks pretty interesting. Uh, okay, so let's go further. Oh, also when when I copied and pasted this into the PDF, there was a they're selling a book, and it's called King James's Bible and and its translators. A uh, collection of essays on the subjects of King James's Bible, its translators, is the resulting painstakingly original research with a strict emphasis on primary sources. Fifteen of these twenty nine essays are, appeared to be in the first edition of the book. Twelve were added to the second edition and two are added to the third, so it's the third edition of this, so they keep improving it, and two are, uh, some of these essays have been previously published, and many of them have been revised and expanded for publication in this edition, I've got about, I've got word docs on about every aspect of the King James, King James himself, the translators, the various revisions, these types of things, Uh, but this book looks good, and, um, I believe that, uh, let me just see here. So I haven't put the link in there yet, but when you click on the link, there's six books. And the one is the one I just mentioned. The other is the other side of Calvinism. Then there's the making of the King James Bible. Um, Then archaic words. And the authorized version. And uh, the archaic words are the words that a lot of times you don't understand. Now, I don't know if that's a little dictionary for it, which I know Chick sells a pocket one, more of a pocket one. I keep it in, in my King James. And um, I guess this goes over the what they term as archaic words and um, their meaning, their derivation, their usage, their significance. Uh, the thesis of the seminal work is that the authorized version of King James is no more archaic than daily newspapers, current magazines, and modern Bible versions. Uh, and then there's another one, the making of the King James Bible, and then the origin of the chapters and verses in the Bible. So, And none of these are too pricey either. So anyway, I'll put that link there if you want to avail yourself to any of that. I know that's kind of totally off topic here, but it was uh, part of this. Okay, going further. From the Jerusalem Post, it says, but only the most attentive viewers noticed a curious incident during the festivities. Now, we're going back to the whole creepy, weird uh, guy that had the staff in the coronation ceremony, dressed like a witch. In a video that was uploaded to Twitter and subsequently went viral, a figure clad in dark robes and a black hood and holding a staff can be seen hurriedly, hurriedly swiftly across the entrance to Westminster Abbey during the ceremonies. Other comments gave the discussion a darker turn. One said, Anyone else notice the Grim Reaper at Westminster Abbey? One of the persons who had uploaded the short clip asked. Another commenter posted a picture of the explanation about witch rituals, meaning witch, W-I-T-C-H rituals, which include the use of black robes similar to the one worn by the mysterious figure, I mean, that's what it more put me in mind of. Now, granted, yes, when you see the Grim Reaper p- traditionally portrayed, he is in a black hooded robe, typically with a scythe with one of the curved blades, you know, on the end of a wooden stick. There, okay. He didn't. He just had the rod. The, the guy in, in the uh, Westminster Abbey was the Grim Reaper, who mysteriously appeared at the coronation King Charles III, a harbinger of what type of reign from Charles we might expect to see good point point. i believe i believe everything happens on purpose especially regarding these events and they're conveying something to us uh before the coronation ceremony a coven of witches and pagans had announced that they would accompany the festivities with a ritual of their own during which they would cast spells for good weather during the coronation and health for the new monarch the sun reported meaning the publication the sun another angle of speculation led to discussions about the new king's connections to the freemasons and it said the british monarch has has a long time connection to scottish freemasonry one twitter user said he went on to say that the rectified scottish Rite of masons uses a black hooded robe in some ceremonies i'm not sure they do their headquarters happen to be in mark mason's hall opposite saint james palace where charles was affirmed as monarch last year these allegations continue the discussions about paganism and the occult symbolism surrounding the long-awaited coronation of king charles iii and we're just giving you a very cursory look today of this i'm sure i could probably do a five-part study just on the coronation i just don't have the time to delve into it that in depth um One of the main bones of contention was the official invitation to the coronation ceremony, which included a depiction of the green man at the bottom of the card. Um, The prominence of the green man on Charles' invitation, a mystical pagan symbol of rebirth, is a declaration of what he really intends for his reign, hiding in plain sight. Now we're going to look at that more the whole thing about green man now this is from a longtime listener patricia and she um i had forwarded some of my listeners this this video and she said so according to the comments westminster abbey confirms the grim reaper is a verger which is what i thought he was when i first saw the video remember this is my former denomination so she this was her former denomination so she knows what goes on in those churches i did not know this information Okay, so we can take the abbey, meaning Westminster Abbey, the comment at face value. Now I looked up what does verger mean? Uh, it's an official in a church who acts as a caretaker and an attendant, or an officer who carries a rod before a bishop or a dean as a symbol of office. Okay, so that's what a verger means. She goes on to say, however, I have never seen personally seen a verger wearing hooded robes. In fact, I've never seen anything in the Anglican Church wearing robes with a hood, period. Although maybe they do in England now, I just don't know. Some British robes do have hoods, but I've never seen them actually worn as a hood. Uh, we leave that creepy stuff to the European Catholics. It looks ridiculous, like Harry Potter came to Westminster Abbey, meaning the the guy, the creepy guy in the hall. Uh, the fact that the UK citizens are talking about it indicates that they have never seen a verger dressed up like that either. So in other words, it's not con- if that was common, the the people in Europe that attended these types of churches wouldn't be making such a huge fuss. They would have said, "Oh no, no, this is this happens all the time. We see that. Yeah, there's they weren't saying that. They were saying the opposite." Okay, so that's another gigantic red flag. I knew he was a verger by his rod he was carrying the verger is easily identified by his rod, and he escorts people to use the correct spot in the cathedral or the large church. Now, what I'm wondering is, what if you don't sit where he tells you to say, is that what the rod is for? I and mean, he's going to smack you over the head with it, or how, how does that work? I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's got the rod for a reason. Anyway, sorry. Um, the verger is useful in a place like Westminster Abbey. When there will be visiting preachers who don't know where to sit, which pulpit to use, and so on. The vergers are present at all royal weddings, coronations, and other church functions. I attended at least two churches in my time that were large enough and ornate to have vergers. So you know you've really reached the big time when you go to one of these churches and you see one of these verger cats kind of herding people around. Anyway, um, so then along these lines... They had a whole group of witches we had talked about a little bit earlier. Pledge their allegiance to King Charles. Hmm. I posted an important article last week detailing how King Charles III is the leader of the global sustainable development movement being implemented through the United Nations Agenda 2030. With the help from the World Economic Forum, I noted in that article his near religious fervor in supporting the so-called Green Agenda. Complete with his insane plan for total decarbonization. That, if successful, would lead to mass starvation and depopulation of the planet. No carbon at all. None. It would kill all the plants. Because plants live off carbon dioxide. Kill everything. But, hey, he wants it to be green. Even though it would be nothing but brown and death. But he's hoping you never do your homework or look into this any further. You know, these vessels of Satan like him. Um... Yeah, uh going further, take it to an ex- extreme, this is a form of earth worship as I reported. Yeah, cuz you uh, you sacrifice yourself for Mother Gaia essentially. And let's not forget what took place at last year's United Nations COP27 climate conference in Egypt when the blatant pagan earth worship was on full display. There's a link to that report. I think I reported on that, too. For more on this, see my October 25th article, and there's a link to that, in which climate activist Dennis Meadows clearly explains in a video that the climate crisis can never be solved without drastic population reduction. Which is what we've been telling you for a lot of years. But not just me, obviously, a lot of other people. Now comes the bombshell from the UK tabloid The Sun, which reports that witches and pagans from all across the United Kingdom gather to cast spells in support of King Charles, during a special coronation ritual ceremony. I mean, you normally don't hear that about politicians. I mean, I understand so he's the king or whatever, yeah. But there is a gigantic amount of witchcraft and paganism and a cult tied in with this. With King Charles and that whole wicked family. Monarchy or whatever. Um, the spells involve lighting blue, red, and white candles. Well, at least they were patriotic. <laughs> Sorry, teasing burning incense scattering rose petals and giving magical gifts to each other on coronation day Hmm. the witches began casting spells several days ahead of the may 6th coronation of king charles so mass witchcraft essentially uh julie aspinall a 58 year old self-described pagan witch and the main organizer of the event spoke in depth about all this with the sun the the sun you know media source. She said witches the witches coronation ritual took place at the festival of witches and pagans being held in Coventry over the Coronation weekend. More than two thousand uh people were expected to attend the festival, which featured a range of workshops from wand making and spell casting to crystal skull healing. Now that would be more my where I'd gravitate toward the crystal skull healing. That's I'm pretty into that teasing Sorry about that. Um, A series of night rituals were also planned, according to the official website description of the event, which stated, quote, We have been tasked by the Great Mother, and this is Mother Gaia, I'm assuming, to teach the ways of the witch and pagan to those that need it. Nobody needs it, but, you know. We work hard to develop young, curious minds and draw out and nurture natural talents. We're going to talk more about this below because they they talked about the young, curious minds. We're going to talk about what does Jesus say about what these witches are doing. We're going to look at that not too long from now. The event was organized by Aspinall and her coven, 13 witches is a coven, the coven of Gaia. So, yeah, I was right. It was Mother Gaia coven. Um, And uh, yeah, they've got their own link and everything. She told the son that King Charles has always been a very supportive of the pagan community in her interview with the son Aspinall stated we know King Charles is the head of the Church of England. What a joke. Yeah, but he is very pagan in his beliefs too. see. Yeah, you can combine all that stuff. You can combine Christianity. Of course, it's false works based lukewarm Christianity. Sure, you can combine that with paganism and witchcraft. They do it all the time in voodoo. They just take in all the Catholic stuff, all the idol worship from Catholicism, They combine it right in with voodoo. I mean, that's well known. I mean, they do it all over, you know, the world, really, in different and various and sundry religions. Catholicism's one of the, the favorite things to combine. Um, because it already has the idolatry built in. You know, the worshiping of all the stuff the Bible condemns. The second commandment, which they remove. Catholics remove the second commandment. Thou shalt not bow thyself down unto idols and worship them. They they conveniently remove that one and split like, I don't know, is the ninth or tenth commandment into two so they still have ten commandments. Isn't that neato? I mean, isn't that nifty? How they work that? I've reported on that many times. I mean, that's just one of the many abominations and that the Catholics do. And I mean the Catholic Church. Uh, So, let's go further here. And, uh, oh, I didn't really... His invitation featured... Well, here, Aspinall, the witch, said, We know King Charles is the head of the Church of England, but to us he is very pagan in his beliefs too. Well, he is. His invitation featured the green man. And lots of other pagan symbols. And there, here's a picture of the of the actual invitation. I've got one. I never opened it. it he sent me one last, you know, last Friday, and I just I didn't get to it. I, I normally don't return King Charles's phone calls either. I, I just I'm not into that guy. Sorry. Um, but yeah, he uh, it shows this green man at the bottom of the invitation. Real creepy looking green man. It's like the Jolly Green Giant. Mm, with really bad hair i don't know anyway so see the royal coronation invitation below the green man at the bottom. here it is so according to the daily mail charles's invitation created by the Her- herodalistic artist and manuscript illuminator andrew jameson is a nod of the king's love of nature and climate conservation even though he wants to wipe the whole planet out kill all the vegetation by going zero carbon if they, they fail to tell you that. They're, we're saving Mother Gaia. No, no, you're destroying Mother Gaia with your sick, twisted, evil plans. You're doing the exact opposite of what you claim you know, you're doing. The more carbon in the air, the more the plants green. Now, I'm not saying we should have unlimited amounts of pollution either. But the fact is, is the world actually has experienced a gigantic greening of the world With the more the more carbon that's put out. But there's more than enough trees, as we cited in out on the study before last, to absorb and quench because the trees live off the carbon dioxide and then they produce oxygen. It's a win-win. And again, I'm not talking about we need to be putting out tons of pollution either, but the whole premise by which they say they operate is based on total lies. So, the Buckingham Palace, which revealed the design on April 4th, said the Green Man is an actual figure from British folklore, uh, symbolic of spring and rebirth. It's totally witchcraft. I mean, come on. To celebrate a new reign. His mother, the Queen, was adopted as a Druid. and She was a Druid witch in Wales when she was young. That's absolutely right. Aspinall told the son, it's not a mystery. Okay, The royal family has always been very supportive of pagan beliefs. King Charles is very much into saving... The family, saving the tree, even though he wants to, de- to destroy the trees. Nature, and that's how we live, so we wanted to include him in the ceremony. So that's how supposedly witches live. See, they're real, they're true, real conservationists. They're true, they really love Mother Gaia, is what they're trying to convince you of. Which is just garbage. The Coven of Gaia special coronation ritual took place on Sunday, May 7th and involve the witches and the pagans gathering in a circle, chanting their allegiance to Charles. Wow. Wow. This all lines up with the excellent... I mean, when have you ever heard in modern day a group, a large, large group of witches, and I'm sure warlocks and pagans and occultists, pledging their allegiance to like some political figure or some monarchy? I've never heard that. This all line, and we know that, and I've said this before many times, that witchcraft is going to be the backbone of the coming one world religion under the Antichrist and false prophet. It's going to be the driving religious force. You're gonna have all the the fake, lukewarm religions of the world uniting under one banner. They're already doing this. in in regard to, like, America alone, you're going to have, like, the 501c3 corporate church system. And I don't care if it's charismatic, Baptist, or whatever. Most of them are going to get on board. They've already been on board via their 501c3 corporate status, meaning they had to go to the government to get their right to exist as a ministry. Okay? Well, our head is Christ. Well, but Christ didn't... Form you you had to go to the government and abide by their guidelines and the irs guidelines in order to function as a 501c3 corporate ministry that's not biblical guys there is no bible for starting a church under those premises i mean the apostles were willing to die resisting the government Okay. Many martyrs have died resisting government and religious edicts and mandates. Fox's Book of Martyr is testament to that. The Bible, you know, you look at the way the apostles died if you research. Most of the time they're resisting the government. They're telling them to do something, usually don't preach the gospel, and they didn't go along with it, and the government's like, okay, well, you're dead. And who was behind the government typically some type of religious officials rome in the early well it's the roman catholic church It just morphed into that it's always been with us and this is what we're going to talk about in the next video i'm going to talk about that because the bible said that would be the case uh i'm not going to do a gigantically detailed study on that but I'm, i am gonna because it does relate to this subject um this ends by saying this all lines up with the excellent report posted May 7th by journalist Naomi Wolf on her substack entitled Weird Things About Charles' Coronation As Symbols Are Twisted Is Britain Being Deconsecrated? When was it ever consecrated? Please, whatever. Anyway, I'm going to play this next video now entitled The Roman Empire Never Went Away.
3: Hello, you're listening to Hugo Talks. Now, you remember I did a video a while back called All Roads, lead to Rome, which speculated that the Roman Empire, it never went away. That it's still the same system in place today. They've just changed their names. If they- you read Daniel, and I don't i don't have time to go into all that, because
0: that's a very complex study. Daniel is an, ex- I've been reading it again lately. I mean, I don't know how many times I've read it, but, oh, man, it's really complex. It it tends to jump around a lot and you've got to read it extremely closely um but daniel is very clear that the fourth and last great empire on the planet is going to be the roman empire okay and um this is what this video is essentially in reference to
3: branched out they've created different versions monopolized it some more how do UN, the united nations the world health organization the club of rome the eu the world bank all of these organizations have roman symbolism the double-headed eagle the eagle the fascist right. symbol royalty and now they're showing all these
0: different people in the monarchy some children some women some men and they're wearing like the You know, the the wreath that you see around the United Nations symbol, where it's the wreath around the earth. And what that was symbolic of is in the first Olympics, when you won an event, you had conquered the event. And they would give you one of these wreaths to wear on your head. Um, Meaning, symbolically, that you had conquered that event. And it it was Roman, and it had to do with Rome and, you know, their pagan views and this type of stuff and you see the same wreaths on well not the same exact i mean some of these are silver but the same wreaths on a lot of these british
3: monarchy go on and on that is the system in control everywhere they are all links the roman catholic church the protestant church of england your kabbalah free masonic societies yeah they are all worshiping exactly. pagan gods yep. just like the roman empire used to but now they do it under the disguise of the pretend worship of god right which is what we saw on saturday at the coronation the roman empire is still the ruling dynasty And the Vatican State, the Rothschilds Banking Dynasty, the Order of Malta, the Crown, the Temple Bar law system, the Rosicrucians, the Jesuits, the Order of the Garter, the U.S. Senate, you name it, the ruling dynasty is the Roman Empire. And this is why I've never,
0: like, it's so easy to get fixated on just the Vatican or just the Masons or just the Kabbalistic Jews or what at the end of the day this is a gigantic satanic global effort to bring us into the new world order and i'm not saying they're not all vying for power and i'm not saying there's not different hierarchies and there's different people up the food chain but at the end of the day it's not just one thing and yes there may be serious infighting between some of these organizations i have no problem with any of that but they're all trying to move us because they're all guided by devils and demons. They're all trying to move us into that one world rule under the Antichrist and false prophet.
3: And it's anti-God and it's anti-Jesus. Always has been. There's so much. Maybe I'll stick the All Roads Lead to Rome video at the end of this because I haven't got the time to re-go over all of that again now. So look, the coronation, it was full of Roman Empire imagery and symbolism. Let's so the
0: coronation that he's referenced to is the, what we just talked about, King Charles III.
3: With the penny mordant who stuck out like a sore thumb. Uh, the politician, she was up for being uh, prime minister with Rishi Sunak but she didn't win, carrying some sword in the ceremony in this blue dress which had Roman laurels all all over it the dress apparently it says here if you
0: want to see all the pictures it gives a lot more impact just watch the video and and he he did his homework
3: is called the poseidon midi dress right poseidon is neptune neptune is a roman god of the sea you'll see more of that in a second Mm -hmm. some have suggested it looks a bit like poundland yeah poundland is also part of the roman empire Penny Morden is establishment through and through uh, big army family Uh, she's linked to Angela Lansbury the actress unusually she was also a magician's assistant once for a magician who was quite a high up magician he was the president of one of the biggest magic circles in the UK and now Now she's involved in ceremonies and rituals where at one point they had to bring in a screen so you couldn't see what was happening, just like they do with the magicians. The magician's assistant, you know, would bring out the screen and cover something and hey, presto, the thing is gone. So she's clearly got the Roman laurel all over the dress. Some people will say, oh, it's- it's, Okay, so
0: it's, he said this Poundland thing and I wasn't, familiar because i'm not from the uk so i looked it up and it's it looks like a grocery store and yeah it's this exact same green dress she's wearing with the exact same gold laurel this the conquering wreath that she's got all over her her dress and um but i guess it's uh it's a grocery store or something local poundland or something like that it's some kind of store is is
3: so that's what he meant by that based on the Privy Council outfits yeah well that's also based on the Roman Empire laurel here we see the Kate Middleton and her child right with the Roman laurels on their heads right again it's kind of telling you straight up I mean how much how much imagery do you want to see People will say things like, you know, why is the entertainment industry, why does it seem so Satanic? Mm. Why does it promote all of these ungodly evil things? Why is this, this person dressing up in this way and so on and so forth? Why, what's with all the Satanic imagery? It's because the Roman Empire is the ruling dynasty over the world. The Roman Empire worshipped pagan gods. This is the same imagery you see in the films, like the Hunger Games. Nothing's changed. I mean, I know they're movies, but they are telling you what's going on in these movies. Nothing has changed apart from the Roman Empire used to worship pagan gods in public. Now they hide behind God and the Bible. They are pretending to be Christians. I mean, come on. I mean, you judge a tree by the fruit it gives, right? I mean, how stupid can you be? I mean, you're watching Charles saying, I swear to serve and not to be served. I shall serve you. I will not be served. And then the next thing, he's being ridden out of a church in a multi-million pound golden carriage with idiots in the rain. Poor people, peasants, waving flags. He's got a crown on his head in a golden carriage full and of... This picture
0: of Charles in, is it Camilla? Boy, it looks like there might be some trouble in paradise or something there. I don't, I
3: don't, I don't know. He, if looks could kill, anyway. A crown full of jewels stolen from other countries, going home to where he has hundreds of servants who will wait upon him and serve him Mm -hmm. every minute of the day. To to the point of, from
0: what I've heard, they have this thing where, I guess the royalty, I don't know where it starts as far as royalty goes, it's called the groom of the stool. Ever heard of that one? Where you don't wipe your own butt, you have servants do it. And I guess you, you know, I'm not going to get into any kind of graphic detail. I think we can all figure out that one. But yeah, it's called the groom of the stool. So yeah, this is how helpless um, and mollycoddled these forked-tongue, black-hearted reptilian devils are that are in the monarchy.
3: Today, tomorrow, and so on. I mean, are people daft? I mean, they're lying straight to your, straight to your face. I am not here to be served. I'm here to serve you. Yeah. No, no, That's I don't scary. think you are. Yeah. They are all connected with one another, and it's the Roman Empire, all right? Talking of the golden carriage, here we see on the carriage the fascist symbol. The Roman Empire wow. weapon yeah, symbol. Yeah, and this is the
0: actual coronation carriage, and there's the fasci symbol. He's going to talk more about that. In that really, there is so much Roman symbology. And what he's doing is he's flashing you all this Roman symbology of times past, and then he's showing you present day. They're doing the same thing. It's just a little bit slightly repackaged
3: same symbol you see in the US house of representatives yes that the eagle holds and they're again. showing it
0: it's the fasci symbol is like the it's like a a group of like um round sticks like rods and they're like um fastened together with like leather or something um and at the top is like an axe head that's coming out of them so it'd almost be like an axe that had like all these dowels, this these wooden rods around, and sometimes they're wooden, sometimes they're metal, around the handle. I mean, it looks like it would be a horrible weapon to try to use. But you've heard of fascism. Okay, that's where the term comes from, the fasci. That, you know, it's in our Congress, it's it's all over Washington, DC. It's and they're showing you at the end of the day they're ultimately all on the same team there's just a lot of different flavors republican democrat now i'm not saying all republicans are bad okay but at the end of the day both sides are controlled they're controlled opposition okay it's the i like the the term that's been used a lot lately and i need to start using it more the uniparty it's not republican or democrat anymore i mean it's so overt the, the way that we're being pushed toward evil and yes maybe there are some outliers in congress and things of this nature or they appear to be outliers again just like sean hannity just like alex jones just i really believe at the end of the day they are all controlled opposition ultimately to herd you and lead you like that verger guy into the right direction because they want to make sure they're getting as many people in their web as possible and they don't want to neglect all the. The Patriots and the pro-freedom and the pro-second amendment and the Christians—they can get in their net—and you'll you'll see me use them a lot of times as sources, but I I also also warn against them as well that they're most likely part of this agenda to get us into deception.
3: See it in the video coming up after this. Here it is on the corner of the Golden Carriage, and here we see two Poseidons. Or Neptune's holding the fascists at the back of the carriage. Yeah. Wow. Neptune, of course, is a Roman god, the Roman god of the sea, and that brings us back to the Admiralty law, the maritime law of the sea. The king, also being the Leviathan, I mentioned that before, the sea beast. Yeah, how he is not subject to law. The king is not subject to law. He is not subject to be prosecuted. He doesn't need a passport. Neither does the Pope. Okay, he cusses there, so, okay. The king is a personification of the state. He's a personification. You're a person. He's not a person, right? You're a person because you are subject to law. He is the personification of the state. He is not subject to law. I talked about this in the birth certificate video. You'll have to go back and check that one out at hugotalks.com. The king is not subject to law, but you are. Ask yourself why this is. Right, now, look, I'm going to put the All Roads Lead to Rome video on next so that you can see where I'm coming from. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to come and subscribe to the website to get notifications of all videos as many are not uploaded here anymore and are on the hugotalks.com website. The subscribe link is below in the comments. He's got
0: another one about the Pope and King Charles, and he's got a picture of a Pepsi can and Coke can. And, uh, again, he... (laughs) It's entitled Two Cheeks of the Same A-R-S-E. Okay, so I don't want to, I mean, that's kind of a cuss word. So I I don't want to, you know, but anyway, he's got one on that as well. uh, Where he's showing all of this is very intricately related.
3: Description. And here is the All Roads Lead to Rome video.
0: I'm just going to play, I don't know, five minutes of this.
3: Hello, you're listening to Hugo Talks Now. If you have been watching my videos of late, I've said that the Bible is pivotal to all that has been going on recently. And in this video, I'm going to attempt to show you why and draw some connections together right back to the book of Genesis. This video covers a lot of information and to do it justice, it would need to be very, very, very long. But I want to try and keep it short and simple. And you may want to go and research some things yourself to look into it some more. Don't don't take my word or anyone else's word. Look into these things yourself, okay? And let me know what you think in the comments here or on the website. So, all roads lead to Rome. We'll start with Roman symbols and their predominance all across the world. I touched on this recently with the double-headed eagle. We'll get onto that in a moment, but first let's take a look at this one. This is called the fascis. It's an assemblage, it's a weapon, right? It's an assemblage of wooden rods bound together, typically about a meter and a half long, bound by leather straps together with a single headed axe. Sometimes there's a double headed axe. And this is a symbol from ancient Rome. It was a weapon used to oppress people. It was carried by lictors who were Roman civil servants, bodyguards to magistrates. And they were used to oppress and execute people who would not submit to the will of the Roman Empire. They were used to flog.
0: There, And again, in the background, he showed all kind of different historical image of, of the fasci being used um, in troops, with troops of, I'm assuming, Roman troops.
3: Decapitate people, basically. Now, this symbol of the fascists can be found all over the place. Here we see it at the U.S. House of Representatives on either side of the USA flag, either side of where the speakers perform and talk. If you recall the House of Representatives, they put through the COVID bill. It had the number of HR 6666, yes? Anyway, you may ask, why are these ancient Roman symbols of oppression the fascists up there on either side Well, it's, it's hidden
0: in plain sight it's not so hidden though <laughs> you know uh,
3: oh and uh, by the way this is where the word fascist fascism comes from it comes from the weapon the fascist and the symbol <clears throat> so why are these ancient Roman symbols in the USA House of Representatives fascist weapons Fascism meaning a way of organizing a society in which a government ruled by a dictator controls the lives of the people and in which people are not allowed to disagree with the government. Well, we've
0: never been closer to that than we are now with uh, the child molester in chief in office, Biden. A way of organizing a society in which a government ruled by a dictator, which is essentially what we have now with Biden, and I understand he's a puppet on a string. I get that. But anyway, he's their he's their head. He's their um he's their puppet that is acting as the dictator. A dictator controls the lives of the people in which they are not allowed to disagree with the government. And that is becoming more and more and more the norm. Okay? And then all these proposals in place where they will try to shut you up. With all this digital stuff they've got coming or if, you know, they get... I mean, especially if we go digital totally, they'll have total control over you financially, for sure. Um, within that particular system, because they can just shut off your your bank account or if you get out of line on social media or whatever. Now, I'm not saying God's not bigger than that. Okay, I'm just saying this is what they're, they're planning.
3: Which is kind of what we have, is it not... They have created an illusion of democracy through the media, when in actual fact, it's an autocracy which they want to now take to a new level with a one-world government, as stated in Prophecy. Now, back to the USA. One of the reasons for these Roman symbols in the House of Representatives, it says here, is they say the Founding Fathers used Rome as an inspiration. Of course the founding fathers were freemasons yes, exactly. you also noticed they have a George re- Washington I mean he's got
0: a whole freemasonry um, museum dedicated to him in Alexandria Virginia key in George Washington in the keyword search box at com, and I'll give you the whole straight from you know the horse's mouth he had a totally uh, a total uh, freemasonic funeral He's got a museum dedicated to him. Here's a picture of him in his his freemasonic apron, and they believe that the lambskin apron is how they enter into and dwell with the great architect of the universe. This is their salvation ticket, is their lambskin apron, which is a um, like a uh, a blasphemy against the Lamb of God that was slain before the foundation of the earth, that came to take our sins away, Jesus Christ. This is their their um, their way of, they believe, of, of, of obtaining salvation, at least one of them, in their lambskin apron with the uh, compass and square symbology on them. And um, so, again, I would encourage you, if you think George Washington's a, g- a good dude, you should really listen to that study. And actually, I've got way more information now uh, on him since I did the teaching a long time ago. I, I acquired... Way more, but it wasn't practical to go back and redo it. It was just, it's it's overwhelming.
3: Around the fashion. they're
0: only going to honor their own too. I mean, if you made it to the dollar bill or to the quarter or to the nickel or the dime, and you've been a more you've been immortalized in coinage and paper currency, they honor their own. They're not going to honor somebody who is a true born again Bible believing on fire for Christ Christian. They're not going to do that in a wicked. Freemason. I mean, look at the back of the $1 bill. Anut coieptus novus order secorum," announcing the birth of the New World Order, which is the which is the verbiage on the top and on below the 13-level 13, uh, 13 pyramid with the Roman numeral 1776 underneath it, which is the year that the Illuminati started. But it was May 1st. Beltane. May 1st that the Illuminati actually started. That's what that's there for. And you know, again, I've done whole studies on the dollar bill, you can probably key that in too and hear those.
3: Like the Roman Laurel Reef, which is also, you see it elsewhere, at the House of Representatives here, for example. There's loads more. You have one at the President's Oval Office, a fascist above the door. We also see the eagle is on top of the fascist mace, they use at the House of Representatives. The mace being a symbol of authority, a ceremonial staff like they use elsewhere in the UK House of Commons and New Zealand etc. They also have a symbol of the eagle in the ceiling. Now take note of these ancient Roman symbols, specifically the fascist, the eagle and the laurel wreath. This is the same laurel reef you see around the united nations right. logo
0: and that what they want to do when you see it around the united nations logo which is a which is a the, their rendition of what earth looks like it's all the continents and you see it around that that means they want to conquer the planet because remember when you first won that in the first olympics the laurel wreath means you had gotten first you had conquered the event When you see it around something that is their way of telling you that is their goal the goal of the united nations is to conquer the earth and like i said they're going to be and they have been and i've said this for years that they're part of the backbone of the uh, political and economic system and religious system in order to do that witchcraft is is the source of a lot of that power okay Uh, but the united nations has always been on the cutting edge Of implementing that and and moving us in that direction
3: again ancient Rome the Laurel Reef were and are symbols of military victory of Roman military commanders or emperors who wore them in battle why do you think the United Nations uses an ancient Roman Laurel Reef surrounding what looks like a circle uh, flat earth map Roman victory over all of the nations just as the world health organization also have the laurel reef on its logo and then of course unicef also use the laurel reef all of these yeah in- and
0: that one they, they have a baby and the mother so they want to conquer that as well they want to conquer all aspects of society and defile them to the uttermost
3: national organizations using Ancient Roman symbology. Okay, so switching gears. uh,
0: Current LGBTQ headlines from just one day alone. I I plucked these from one day that came out this week. Uh, First one. Sports Illustrated 2023 swimsuit issue to feature transgender biological man on the cover. Now, they're not going to tell you that. And I I don't know if they'll tell you that even within the pages. Maybe somewhere but yeah that and i'm not saying i'm an advocate for sports illustrated swimsuit issue i'm just saying this is how sick and twisted of a world that they're trying to create and then along the same line new adidas ad features man okay this is a little bit um i'm gonna read this but uh, parental guidance parental guidance here give you a little bit of time there New Adidas ad features man with bulge, meaning he hasn't had his stuff removed. Hairy chest, modeling women's bathing suit from the Women's Pride collection. I mean, the guy that they've got in there looks just demented and demon-possessed for the toenails. And, and he is. I mean, you know, come on. Uh, I, mean, who, <laughs> I mean, who would do this stuff? I mean... <laughs> Talk about having no shame in your game. Anybody, I mean, a guy that dresses up like a woman and, and is agrees to go on, like, be a spokesperson. I mean, you, wow. And yet the world celebrates it and says, oh, haven't we come so far? Aren't we progressive? Aren't we amazing? And God, we're a stench in his nostrils. This is a stench in God's nostrils. I'm not saying the body of Christ is, but this is. And then the next one, Ford, like the Ford automobile, Ford trucks, Ford flushes 120 years of reputation down the toilet with new homosexual-themed truck. I mean, you can can watch the commercial for it. Gay, gigantic gay flags going down the sides. You can buy it. Then, graphic sex book pushed on kids. Virginia Public School allows porn book. That shows deviant sex acts, and that's just one of the many I reported on that last week. Then we have RuPaul, who is a gigantically famous drag queen. I remember that devil from like the nine early 90s, RuPaul. RuPaul's drag con features twerking teletubbies, kids surrounded by sex toys, and half-naked adults. Next one, trans suicide rate over 40%. Imagine that. So, hey, if you get the trans surgery, there's only a 40% chance that you're going to kill yourself. Gender affirming care is barbaric genital mutilation for children. And then watch Christian activists arrested in Canada for offering Bibles at a trans protest. So we had to have that to kind of round things out. Taylor pointed out to me that the bar- the, the very best part at the end of the Ford commercial where it shows two trucks, two Ford trucks. They look to be identical and they're all covered with mud because okay, this is the big unveiling of the of the gay flag thing and they're racing they're out in the country somewhere they're racing each other and then in the end they get water splashed on them so you can actually see what the paint jobs look like and the one i think the paint job on the gay one gets uh, splashed off last and you see the big gay gay flags and and they say that the logo and and what how they're trying to sell the truck is was it redefining? Redefining tough? Okay, it says redefining tough. So evidently now the LGBTQ um, perverts and child molesters are what is redefining tough. Their symbology is where what is redefining tough in the eyes of Ford. So you know, this is the uh, again. I, I know it's getting harder and harder to to not because so many of these companies are just so wicked. But I wouldn't give Ford a dime or any of these other companies if I could absolutely one hundred percent avoid it. Uh, Adidas, um, uh, N- Nike's no better. Nike's horrible. The Sports Illustrated, the you know, I don't know. And to pray against them, pray against this wickedness. Here, here's a very short clip it's called brace yourself dr umar speeding out facts regarding gays and child molesters
4: lord help us listen to this do you think
5: people can be born gay
4: no i don't and it's and there's no conclusive evidence uh to that point well, you know you know a lot of gay people say they will that way. they said that you know you saying a lot of murderers say they were born murderers mm-hmm. a lot of pedophiles say they were born pedophiles mm-hmm. so if we're going to say there's a gay gene we're going to have to open up the conversation and say that there's a pedophile gene which means if i molest children i shouldn't go to jail because after all it was in my dna be careful yesterday? about opening up one uh, door you got to open up all them doors but like, no, hold on. on being a pedophile is illegal being a homosexual is not illegal so this what? organization this. called the north american association for man and boy love they're right. trying to normalize and legalize pedophilia. Oh, no, we got to blow them it's up on the now. internet. We North American Association. Gotta, that sounds no, crazy. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. In done. fact, it's already been predicted that when the next DSM comes out, pedophilia will be normal behavior. Remember, homosexuality right was once mental illness up until 74. They changed it in 74. Some people thought homosexuality would never be considered normal in 74. But it was never illegal, it was never illegal. But here's the thing, once you say something is normal, it's easy to make it legal. Lord help us, listen to this.
0: Do you
5: think people can be born gay? So he
0: said a lot there, and they kind of sped up the, the thing there. But it, he talked about NAMBLA, North American Man-Boy Love Association. And there's also one called Protasia. Actually on my prayer list, the the, the updated prayer list that we rotate. And um, yeah, their, their whole goal is to legalize child molestation. To lower, keep on lowering and lowering and lowering the age of consent. They openly admit that they're grown men attracted to children. And um, they're doing their level best for Satan to normalize that. And I'm telling you, we're moving in that direction. With all this garbage. Maps, minor attracted persons. And yaps, youth attracted persons. And all these terms you see. And they got their own gay uh, child molester flag. It's kind of like the the um, the gay one, but it's under a little more understated. It's got a little different colors and stuff. So, and the whole thing about being born gay and all that other stuff, they may have been born with homosex with demons that led them into that lifestyle. I will admit that because they could have been, or they would have been sodomized at a very early age by a same-sex partner. Most people that are like homosexual and that type of thing typically they were raped by a same-sex partner at an early age and that is when those demons went in them you you look at alistair crowley um openly admitted to that he said the best way you can defile a child and and the and the greatest way to gain power essentially as a high level magician or a uh, witch like he was is to defile children at the earliest possible ages and the best way to do that is to sodomize them at the earliest possible ages, vampirizing their innocence, vampirizing their youth, and implanting high-level devils and demons in them through that process. Now, sometimes they're, they are born with those demons because of generational curses, okay? And sometimes they're um, implanted through sodomy at an early age, or maybe it's by some other different, various and sundry means where they Where this happens. It is horrible. Um, but that's a proven fact, what I just stated. I mean, that one time I told you about that interview where they the guy, this guy went to a gay bar and he was talking to these guys that basically were child molesters. They didn't know they were on camera. It was undercover, and almost universally across the board, they had been raped by a same-sex like uncle or whatever at an early age. So you know the lord jesus christ is the only solution to any of that mess 100% but the fact is is if they're going out and perpetuating that behavior they're still making that conscious decision there's still consequences to their actions even though they may have had the most messed up childhood on the planet or maybe they were generational curse wise born with those inclinations we will still have to give an account to god And universally, those types of people don't get saved because they have no desire to get saved. Okay? And you look at, just read Romans 1, and it talks all about this subject. The latter half of Romans 1 gets into it in detail. They do not like to retain God in their knowledge. Okay? Now, some people have gotten saved out of that lifestyle. I have some listeners that have gotten saved out of that lifestyle. I've read their reports. I've played their videos. I've got files on that. There are organizations of born-again Christians that were in that movement at one time. So it can happen, okay? It can happen. But now, I don't know about child molesters, but these are like grown men with grown men type stuff. Now, I don't know about child molesters. I don't know. That's between them and God. But, you know, I would think not based on the bible verses that we're going to be looking at because i think there is a line that you can cross obviously i mean there's the whole thing about the bible talks about being turned over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient um the bible talks about in first john 5 that there is a sin unto death and the bible says basically don't even pray about it and usually the sin unto death is when you see somebody in such repetitive sin from what i can gather in such high level repetitive sin that they have no conscience of their sin, that they don't think they're doing anything wrong and they don't have any desire to break free from it. First John chapter five. You go to Jeremiah seven, Jeremiah 11 and Jeremiah 14 and you look at the other part in the Bible, other parts in the Bible, not to say those are the only three places, but Jeremiah 11, seven and 14. If you look at those chapters, God also says the same thing there. He says, don't pray for this people because I won't hear your prayer. What were they doing? Well, they were worshiping other gods and they were doing it in the house of God and they were baking cakes to the queen of heaven, which is the modern day equivalent of Mary. And they were doing all this thinking that they were serving God. And the big one, they were sacrificing their children. Okay, to pagan gods. And God said, I I never put this thought in your head or told you to do this. And I'm paraphrasing. Therefore, don't pray for these people because I will not hear your prayer. So child sacrifice, child defilement is one of the things that you can quickly do to get on the list where God will say, don't pray for this person because they're wicked. They're not going to get saved. God knows the beginning from the end. Now, I'm not saying any woman that's ever gotten abortion. This is the case. Okay, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that I'm talking about unrepentant, habitual sin that goes on. And you see no desire in the person to ever change. You see no guilt. There's no conscious of sin. This is what I'm re- in reference to here. Okay, now I'm doing like a little mini study here. <laughs> I'm not even going over the Bible verses in depth. I gave you where they're at though. First John 5, uh, second, um, First Timothy 4, 1, being turned over to a reprobate mind, Romans 1, and Jeremiah 7, 11, and 14. Okay. Those are off the top of my head. And I've done studies on it before but um anyway that's that's just in a nutshell what we're talking about here now along these same lines we've got these group of of sick twisted devils um and this is entitled christian i put quote christian pastors defend killing babies um in abortions they say God wants us to have freedom to make our own decisions, meaning translation, meaning killing your unborn baby. And here's a picture of these devils gathered together somewhere. And they're all wearing their clergy stuff with their little, their little sashes in um, their little priest collars. Most of them are women. They're probably lesbian women. And you, you talk about somebody that doesn't want to retain God in their knowledge. So what they'll do is they'll become a reverend which is an unbiblical term, it's only it's only used one time in the Bible and it's in reference to God only. Holy and reverend is he. One time in the King James, that's it. Nobody should be taking that title on themselves. Key and reverend in the keyword search box at contendingfordrut.com. I did like a 20-minute study on it. And these forked tongue, hell-bound, lake-of-fire-bound devils are all here Together in unison, birds of a satanic feather flock together with their little satanic sashes on and their little accoutrements and their little priest collars and and all their pagan devil symbols that they're wearing. Some of them are wearing crosses. Here to convince you that God loves abortions. I saw this one devil speak at that Morality Monday thing that Taylor and I wound up. Then it was no accident in Asheville, which is a horrible, horrible place. And it's only getting worse. I just saw a video there the other day. Because it's democratically controlled. Oh, my word. It's turning into a really, really, really bad, crime-infested, hellish place. Asheville. I mean, should be one of the jewels of the North Carolina mountains. One of the jewels. It's right off I-40 in an incredibly gorgeous area. I mean, when I first went there with my parents back in, oh man, when was it? Mm, probably early 2000s, that range. Taylor was with us, she was little. It was nice. I mean, granted, I did notice though, the propensity leanings toward witchcraft and new age. That's That's been there, I'm sure, a long, long time. And there was a lot of witches up there in that area, tons. And this is what happens when you have that type of influence. Witchcraft defiles the land. New Age and witchcraft, this is the fruit it produces. They act like, oh, if you would just you know, embrace our belief systems, it would be, no, it's not. It will turn into a hellish, hellish place. This is why cities always tend to become defiled, because there's more witchcraft going on there. There's more wickedness. There's more evil. And these types of things defile them. And there's an abortion clinic there. I went there, um, that time we went there with some of my listeners and protested in Asheville. Um, I gave my account of that there. And so I saw this devil that's the main one pictured in this picture. I'm pretty sure he was one of the preachers at that morality monday that you know taylor and i ended up at to uh, go against and there was only a handful of christians at that thing anyway um a small group of north carolina pastors criticized state lawmakers for trying to protect unborn babies from the abortion from abortion during a rally friday at the state capitol this would have been a rally According to religion news service, the pastors who profess to be Christians asserted that God gives women the freedom to make their own decisions about aborting their unborn babies. Even one of these devils, um, I think there's two guys and the rest are women, maybe three guys and the rest are women. Um, and again, there's there's no there's no Bible for women pastors. there's none. Just go to my study on women pastors. And I give you all the Bible verses. And I'm not being chauvinistic. I'm just telling you, this is what the Bible says. It's very clear. You can you won't you generally don't hear this in most churches now. They don't want to touch it. And it's because these types of subjects haven't been touched that they have allowed leaven and sin to permeate the church. And a big reason why it's in the shape that it's in, because they don't do things like the Bible tells them to do it. Anyway, um, they asserted that God gives women the freedom to make their own decisions about aborting their unborn babies. One even wore a pink pastor's like sash thing with the name and logo of the billion-dollar abortion chain Planned Parenthood on it. She's front and center. She, this abomination, probably a lesbian wearing a priest collar. I don't know what's actually around her neck. It's probably like a pig and on cross, and then she's got a, like a red probably for all the blood that spilled planned parenthood sash around this abomination's neck you talk about no fear of god i won't even want to be around them because i'd be afraid the lightning bolts would be coming out of the out of the sky you know what i mean oh man Whew. religious leaders know what is at stake for women faced with an unexpected pregnancy Said Reverend, Reverend Jennifer Copeland, Executive Director of the North Carolina Council of Churches. What a sorry group of devils they are. But more and more the norm for the churches. Really being salt and light, you know? Really upholding all the New Testament commandments. This abomination said God's primary directive for God's people has always been about us taking care... Of each one of us taking care of each one of us all right well is that the whole okay doing to others as you have done in yourself and love your neighbors yourself okay I would agree with that but then this abomination on two legs goes on to say but allowing every one of us the freedom to make our own decisions what about the freedom of the baby in your womb what about that freedom? Because we're created at conception. The Bible says, before I formed thee in the womb, I knew thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. He said that to Jeremiah. He knows us before we're formed in the womb. Therefore, life begins at conception. We have no right to actually kill that human inside us. Okay. So allowing every one of us the freedom to make our own decisions does not apply to the baby. It only applies to the woman. How how convenient. But see, these are nothing more than vessels of Satan. If you could see all the demons and devils that were speaking through them, it would horrify you. Because that's all they are a mouthpiece for. Satan. They are Satan's mouthpieces. With this religious veneer. This fake, fake religious veneer under the guise of christianity no less trying to give you a satanic morality lesson every one of these devils is totally unqualified and unfit to be a pastor the men included 100 percent. all i would need to know is what side they're on and they are on team satan that's all i need to know totally unqualified to be pastors And yet we're getting morality lessons from these fork-tongued devils, from the pits of hellfire. But the bill that Copeland's group opposes, which is the Care for Women, Children, and Families Act, does actually take care of people. Because isn't that what this abomination said? We're supposed to take care of one another? Other than... Women need to have the freedom to make their own choices, their own decisions. Well, I would say, yeah, but we have to draw the line somewhere. I mean, I have the freedom as a person to go out and kill somebody. That's wrong, right? Well, what they're doing is killing their unborn baby, innocent in the womb. That's really wrong. This... Bill they're opposing protects unborn babies from abortions after 12 weeks of pregnancy and includes $160 million in aid for parents and children in need throughout North Carolina. This is my state I'm in, okay? State lawmakers passed a pro-life bill by a strong majority earlier this month. But Governor Roy Cooper, a pro-abortion Democrat, we prayed right outside of Cooper's, a uh, little mansion there in downtown Raleigh, a whole group of us did lose. I don't know, one or two years ago when those Satanists showed up and said, we're going to have Satan's Day of rage or whatever, <laughs> some stupid thing or whatever. And they showed up and they were pathetic. I mean, it was like we, number one, we totally outnumbered them. And I don't even really remember them being a presence. They were, they were, you know, with, so there was a lot of prayer going. There's a lot of good Christians there. That was awesome. It was fun. I took I took my buddy Greg, my the the prayer partner I have up here, and we went there and um yeah, we were right there at Roy Cooper's mansion praying about this. And I'll be honest, since the new, since the new legislation went in, there were a lot more pro-life people, and they have kept him way more in check than he was before. And um I hope our prayers had something to do with that. Because he has been he's really been a lot more in check. He was He was totally out of control when we had a lot more Democrats in other key positions in the state. I'm not saying North Carolina is perfect, but I do like the trend I've saw since that last uh, group of um, more pro-life Republicans went in. So, and again, so again, I'm not condemning all Republicans, okay? I'm I'm not not doing that. I'm just saying that at the end of the day, at the highest levels in particular, it's Coke Pepsi, it's controlled opposition. But on a state and local level, which is really more the grassroots stuff where change needs to happen, that can actually be a really good thing. And and, um, especially if you've got Christians gathering in prayer and fasting and these types of things. So um, so these slime bags that call themselves Christian pastors and reverends were opposing this Care for Women, Children, and Families Act that protects unborn babies from abortions after 12 weeks and includes $160 million in aid for parents and children in need throughout North Carolina. These scum were protesting that. These children of Satan who are going to burn white hot in the lake of fire. Unless they repent. And I don't see any of them repenting, personally. That's between them and God. State lawmakers passed a pro-life bill by a strong majority earlier this month. Praise God. But Roy Cooper, a pro-abortion Democrat, vetoed it Saturday. I pray to God that devil get, get him out of there. The legislature appears to have enough votes to override Cooper's veto, and it did. Praise God. But pro-abortion activists are putting intense pressure on lawmakers to change their votes. I put out an email to my whole North Carolina list, and yes, this went through. So praise God for that. Um, At least it's a move in the right direction. It's not perfect, but at least it's a move in the right direction. So, um... So what does Jesus say about children, and what does he say about harming and or murdering babies? So this isn't going to be a super extensive study, but I just on one one thing of scriptures here. Matthew 18, verse 1 through um, verse 10. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Now, I've focused just on one of these verses a lot when I talk about the subject, but I'm going to look at the whole context here this time, okay? So, at the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto them, and set him in the midst of them, and said, Verily I say unto you, Except ye be converted, and become as, a little, as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. This means... Humility, humbling yourself before God, you know, when you get saved, essentially. You're you're not going to do it with pride. You're not going to do it all bowed up toward God, okay? Then he goes on to say, whosoever shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Something to always bear in mind. That's something you should never let out of your head, that verse, never. As a Christian, never let that verse out of your head. Whosoever shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoso shall receive one of these little, such a little child in my name receiveth me. Whoa. So you're receiving Jesus, essentially, when you receive a little child. Verse six, but who shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me it is were better for him than a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depths of the sea what does that word offend mean it comes from the uh greek word scandalizo and it's used in the king james 30 times 28 times uh in the word offend and then two times make to offend outline of biblical usage of this word offend to put a stumbling block or an impediment in the way upon which another may trip fall to entice to sin to cause a person to begin to distrust and and desert one in whom he ought to trust and obey and that my my big thing there would be if you were trusting and obeying in jesus and then somebody comes along and gets you to distrust the lord in the bible Okay? Now there could be other applications, but and then also to fall to cause to fall away, or and I think of this to cause to fall away from the faith, okay? Now, I made a comment here. I think we can all agree murder of an unborn child in whom in the womb, and the indoctrinating of a child into the LGBTQ movement would fall into these categories as well regarding offending some, a child, okay? Anything that's gonna take that child away from the Lord Jesus Christ. Anything that's gonna move them towards something evil. And then it goes on to say in verse seven, woe unto the world because of offenses, for it must needs be that offenses come. So he's predicting, Jesus is predicting that offenses must come. But woe to that man by whom the offense cometh okay so i think of these lesbian and these fork-tongued devil pastors i think of all these lgbtq and these trans people and and the ones that are trying to indoctrinate the children into um their wicked sick twisted movements woe to that man by whom the offense cometh now, it says some very extremely hard verses after this. Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off and cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter in into life, halt or maim, rather than having two hands or feet, and be, to be cast into everlasting fire. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life with one eye, rather than to have two eyes, to be cast into hellfire take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones for I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my father which is in heaven now understand the context of this verse we're talking about offending little ones and children I would say aborting them is offending them murdering them in the womb or afterward that would be offending them what do you think I mean I think you know that's much more than even the biblical definition of offense, This is far greater. So it's a far greater offense, okay? I believe that these verses of Matthew 18 and uh, eight and nine is really specifically to anybody that would have that propensity to want to harm or defile or molest or murder a child or an innocent baby. Okay, because this is the context of Matthew 18, uh, 1 through 10. It's talking about little children entering into the kingdom of God and offending them. And if you do offend them, and it even it's bookmarked by saying, Take heed that you despise not one of these little ones, for I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father, which is in heaven. So we should be terrified of leading a small child astray, much less murdering one, much less trying to indoctrinate them into the LGBTQ movement or the trans movement where they can cut off all of their, their genitals and sexually mutilate them with these surgeries and these hormonal therapies. Do you know the price they're gonna pay in, the, in hellfire in the lake of fire for this? I wish they could all get a glimpse of what their future is, so that they would they some of them would repent. You know? That's their only hope. That's their only hope at all. There is no hope beyond that. Because they're gonna burn white hot in hell in the lake of fire if they don't repent. Because this is one of the most serious offenses Jesus Christ talks about. Okay, let's go to the next one. Oh, do I even have time? Hmm. Okay, so I kind of shifted a couple things around, so I have enough time to get some more information in here. The next report is County abolishes Office of DEI, which stands for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, which is, you know, satanic, obviously. Massive change can happen when Christians decide to act at the local level. We were just talking about this earlier, okay? Uh, This is happening right now in Ottawa County, Michigan, where Christian men and women have been elected to seats. On their county commission, Ottawa County has over 300,000 residents. These Christians advance with diligence, forethought, organization, teamwork, and a heart of service towards God and man. In this video, they show you that that it is possible to influence great change, and this should give you hope that even if national and state politics are lost, you can still make a difference at the local level. So far, Ottawa County has abolished the DEI, the Department of Equity and Inclusion, and removed a tyrannical health director, cut back spending in unnecessary areas, and continues to cause no small stir for Christ. They are receiving massive backlash for doing so. Well, yeah, the demons and devils are really upset about it and are constantly slandered by the media. So please reach out to them with your positive support. I'm just going to
6: play this three-minute video here that will go into this. There's certain things that you cannot agree to disagree on. One of those is... Joe
0: Moss, Ottawa County Commissioner. I believe he's one of them that got... In there now,
6: a single unelected, unaccountable individual, uh, an administrator, making the daily decisions for 300,000 people in our county. Uh, during during the government response to COVID, about a thousand people showed up at a county meeting. The people attending the meetings were asking uh, our local government to restore our freedoms, and we're essentially ignored. The county operated like a triangle. So at the top of the triangle, you had the county administrator and the corporate council. They made the decisions and the county board was the bottom of the triangle. The county board then rubber stamped all the decisions. Out of that situation, uh, it really crystallized the fact that the only solution was to replace the elected leaders who were not listening to the people. Taking back our nation, defending American values and protecting the people starts bottom up. Yeah, You have to work from the ground up. Uh, no one is coming to rescue us. Yeah. You can't depend on a single politician. The, the
0: voting process, particularly at the highest levels, Biden and all that, all that's by design, on purpose, predetermined. That's all, you know, but at more of the local levels and these types of things, um, there's a lot more hope that change like this can be enacted.
6: Uh, at the top level of the government that's completely disconnected from the bottom level. So the people, if all political power is inherent in the people, then the people have to be involved. We really focused at the ground level of trying to rebuild, knowing that that action, that activity, and that involvement will start to work its way up as time goes on. Uh, There are no short-term solutions.
7: There are many issues happening in county government which impact parents and children and this is
0: sylvia Rodia, another ottawa county commissioner i believe another good one that got elected and put in there
7: no one is going to advocate better on those issues than parents parental involvement in local government is essential to protect our children amen some of our successes
0: are... so the ottawa county changes here's what they've accomplished fired county admit administrator replaced with john gibbs replaced health director changed the county motto shutter dei development department i mean that's the department of equity and inclusion all of these are great things i mean man oh if this was just going on all over the country oh wow i mean this is <laughs> this is awesome
7: Rooted in years of advocacy and years of team building. And so, as parents um, are struggling with what to do, the most important thing to do is to find other like-minded people. Begin to organize um, very locally and form county groups. So start small and then you know, go out wider and wider and wider. And then together you can take on you know, larger seats like county commissioner seats. But that very local, tight coordination right at the start is the most important starting point.
0: Right. Praise the Lord. So Christians are realizing they can no longer ignore local government. Equip yourself with doctrine and go out and change your locale. The Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrates by Pastor Treweela, which I've talked a lot about, a proper resistance to tyranny and a repudiation of unlimited obedience to civil government. I've done a teaching called Romans thirteen, an an unlimited subservience of subservience to government. You might want to avail yourself to. It's just in Romans thirteen. As it's a very it's a lot older. Um, I did that quite a far back, quite a ways back. Um, the link to uh, the book to the lesser magistrates. Let me see if I've got it in here yeah it's in here okay so if you want to know more there's a link here info about ottawa impact which is the group we just heard from and auto impact what we see freedom of conscience and then equip yourself with this doctrine and um you can go out and change the culture and it's the lesser magistrate and then there's a book to that there's a link to that book on the lesser magistrates so all really super good stuff Okay, so this next, I'm going to play two short videos, and I entitled this, Why Mercy Killing is Such a Slippery Slope.
8: I don't want to be a burden on others. I no longer do things I enjoy. I have a right to die. Make no mistake, our priorities as a culture are on a collision course with vulnerable populations. In particular, the continuing push to legalize assisted suicide is nothing less than an all-hands-on-deck emergency. In case after case, initial legalization accelerates an ever-more-inclusive death. The requirement of a six-months-to-live prognosis slides to 12. Tomorrow it's 24. Well, why not anytime right. or for any reason? My body, my choice, right? Right. In other countries, what starts out as hopeless suffering as the only reason which qualifies one for assisted suicide eventually leads to the killing of the disabled or those who are merely tired of life, not convinced of the slippery slope yet, the evidence is growing that the so-called right to die often becomes a culturally coerced duty to die, thus blurring the lines between assisted suicide and murder. Canada is a prime example. It even pays for your death, but perhaps not for your housing. One woman opted for assisted suicide because her two-year struggle to get proper housing failed. Euthanasia, or mercy killing, has advanced behind emotional headlines describing relief from unbearable pain and suffering. However, the facts reveal that in Oregon, pain doesn't even make the top five reasons cited for requesting assisted suicide. (laughs) Far more prominent is the loss of autonomy and becoming a burden on others. So let's be clear. Physical pain does not drive most to such a desperate place. Fear, isolation, and despair do. This is not a chosen death. Not really. Our culture has sent every signal to this person that their life doesn't matter and death is the only way to flee from their misery. Exactly. But the good people fighting to give...
0: Which is satanic. They've just bought into all the satanic rhetoric that's that's pounding them.
8: The elderly and the disabled of voice see through these false cultural myths. They understand that a person has value not because of what they can do, but because they are made in the image and likeness of God. Amen. Amen. And this gives them unconditional value. No matter how weak, no matter how old, no matter how dependent christ calls us to cultivate a society where we take care of each other especially the vulnerable
0: isn't that what that one lesbian with the planned parenthood sash said is it but i guarantee you she wouldn't be (laughs) she'd be killing as many of them killing as many babies as because you know whatever warped justification and rationalization she would have i mean it's just so sick
8: no one has the right to die assisted suicide is not merciful and it's not dignified i will fight for that person's life even if they their government and their doctor won't death is not the answer i'm charlie Kimosi, professor of. this medicine.
0: was the whole premise of soylent green it was the whole pre- premise of it which is where they want to bring us which the more i think about that horrible movie which i only watched once oh horribly depressing Charlton Heston in it the more I think about that stinking movie the more I realize that is the blueprint for what they're trying to bring us into and in that movie once you were like "Uh, you know I'm uh, I'm ready to cash in and I mean the guy that did it in the movie I don't even think he had any physical really he was older but he didn't really have any physical issues just went there and, and, you know, they give you the nice big send-off and, and, and uh, I think you get to go into an air-conditioned building because that doesn't exist. and um, I'm not sure exactly, you know. And then they play this nice big kaleidoscopic theater thing for your pleasure and then by the end of it you're dead. And then they put you into a vat of, of water with all the other corpses and they... Uh, Throw you down the assembly line and this is what charlton heston found out and they turn you into soylent green it's probably part soy gmo soy i'm sure and human bodies and that's why the very ending line of soylent green is Soyulent green he's charlton heston is screaming is people it's cannibalism which is where they're trying to bring us to and and it just reminds me of this whole dynamic I've talked a lot about that subject, about cannibalism, about how they're trying to move us into that direction, uh, because they're sick, and their father is the devil, and they're going to do the same things the devil does, and that's kill, steal, murder, lie, and defile you in every single way they can defile you. All right, so let's let's watch another video on this. Oh, hold on, let me let me just play the end here
8: ethics and author of losing our dignity for edify if you're feeling outraged is not the answer i'm charlie Kamosi, professor of medical ethics and author of losing our dignity for edify if you're feeling outraged about the slippery slope of assisted suicide know this there are some practical steps we can all take to stand for life and work against this i'll explain those steps in this next video here so click or tap here And I'll see you in the next video.
0: Okay, so I think that's what we're going to watch. Two ways you can fight the pro-euthanasia trend. Now, he's not mentioning prayer. Um, I don't think, but let's go ahead and watch a little bit of this one.
8: When it comes to advocacy, I'd, I'd recommend two things. One is see how you can uh, support your disability, local disability rights organization, uh, because they, they are our primary foot soldiers in all of these uh, things that we're talking about. And again, not just using them somehow to win the debate over assisted suicide, but but across the board. Right. Like from the beginning to the end and in the middle of life. Um, being, being full advocates of the disabled full stop uh, seems to be ridiculously important, and then finally, I'll say um, to the extent that they can support the ongoing court cases, which I just saw was raised in California. Now it looks like we're uh, a, a really interesting group of people who are mostly on the left are going to sue in federal court. They're hoping, I think, to get it to the Supreme Court, saying that um, assisted suicide laws violate the rights of the disabled. So. I'm so glad to see us finally going on offense as opposed to kind of like playing all these defense games at, at all these states. Can we go after this and say what it, what really is going on here, which is saying in any other context, right? If somebody who's disabled um, or otherwise on the margins of the culture says, I'm suicidal, there's a particular kind of way we should respond. But it, it seems like in these contexts, uh, we don't. And uh, I, I'm just really hopeful about this particular legal challenge.
0: Okay, so that's all we have for part one, and we will see you in part two next. God bless you.
5: Scott Johnson's 1,000-plus audio teachings and PDF documents are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C O N T E N D I N G. F-O-R T-R-U-T-H dot com. In addition, we also offer a free Christian current event and health email newsletter. You can sign up at contendingfortruth.com. These email newsletters typically only generate about three to six emails per month if you subscribe to both lists. Please prayerfully help us to continue this work. For mail correspondence or to support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson. 2359 Highway 70 Southeast number 321 Hickory NC 28602 or on the internet a PayPal donation link can be found at contendingfortruth.com thank you and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you